Web Minister Nathan Jones of Lamb and Lion Ministry. We are transmitting live from the Aventura Hollandale station. We ask that you keep us in prayer for our technology and that everything will work without any problems. And of course, today we're continuing in this very important subject matter of the Gog and Magog War in Ezekiel 38 and 39. Our lines will be open if you'd like to call in or text in your questions or your comments. The local phone number is 305-992-9537. Again, 305-992-9537. And before we continue, I'm going to ask Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. I'd be happy to. Thank you, Pastor Vic. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this day, another day, Lord, to just study your word, to get to know you better. I pray, Lord, you'll speak through our conversations today as we study your word. May the Bible come alive to all those listening, so that we may know you better, Lord, in your precious and wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Again, you're tuned in to the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Radio Edition. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones, as we're talking about the Gog and Magog War in Ezekiel 38 and 39. Today's program is sponsored by Calvary Chapel Aventura and the Truth Will Set You Free Ministry. You can find more information at calvaryaventura.com or on Facebook on JN832. And of course, we want to encourage you to stay tuned to our latest addition to the T-Wave family, T-Wave.tv. So I want to thank those of you that are tuned in live via TwitCasting.tv and also live stream. We thank you for tuning in and for your prayers. Also, stay tuned during the week for the additional programs here, such as the Pastor's Perspective, the House of Prayer, of course, the Open Mic on weekends and Tuesdays and Wednesday here, the Bible Prophecy Radio edition of the programs. We're very excited to share with you also some wonderful things that are happening here. So we want to make sure that you tune into our stations, twave.org and twave.tv. Also for some wonderful content that we have been adding there that will bless you and equip you and prepare you for the soon return of the Lord Jesus Christ. But before we continue in today's program, I want to welcome my special guest, Nathan Jones of Lamb and Lion Ministry. Nathan, thank you for joining us once again this week. Well, thank you, Pastor Vic. I really love being on your show, and I just think it's amazing what the Lord's doing through you to reach out to people all over the world with the gospel and the message of Jesus soon return. Thank you, Nathan. We're very excited because God has blessed us with certain opportunities, Nathan, like no one in any other point in time, right? So we want to take advantage of those. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're getting close to the Lord's return, so He's given us every type of new technology and communications to preach out and get the gospel to people. So, yeah, man, it is an exciting time to live because there are so many ways to share the gospel, and, and the Bible makes it real clear that the Lord's coming soon. So we need to utilize these in the time we've got left. Absolutely. And I, and I also know that Lamb and Lion Ministries and you, you guys also are incredible uh, with uh, technology and just all the wonderful resources that you have there available for anyone that wants to uh, be part of that and grab hold of those. And Nathan, I wanted to ask you again, as I oftentimes do, if you will please just share your contact information so individuals will know how to reach out to you guys and grab hold of these wonderful materials that you guys have. Lamb and Lion Ministries is a Bible prophecy teaching ministry. Uh, Our mission is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. We believe that Jesus is coming back soon. All the signs of the times point to it, and so that's our mission. It was founded by uh, Dr. David Reagan, and uh, we are now all over the world, not only just on the Internet through lamblion.com, but our television show, Christ in Prophecy, on 17 networks. And I just invite people, come on to lamblion.com. You can check out our website, read articles, and study up on Bible prophecy watch our television show. You could join our 
Facebook group and other social networks, and uh, we even have a newsletter that goes out once every other week, and you can connect with us through lamblion.com. Uh, thank you so much, Nathan. And of course, you guys have always been so gracious with us too, as well as uh, posting some of our materials, our programs that we've done together. And people can also get a hold of those uh, through your blogs, right, Nate? Right. Not only do we blog it, but we also podcast. Uh, and so we take the presentations that uh, you and I discuss and that we re-podcast them. And so it's neat. I've seen other podcasts, especially in Germany, man. You're real popular in Germany. <laughs> And there's a German podcast out there, and they seem to like to pick up the T-Wave radio programs and podcast them in Germany. So it's wonderful to know that we can share the gospel all over the planet and and it just change lives for Christ. It just, man, it, it just gets me up every day. Absolutely. And Nathan, that is what it's all about. You know, that's why we really enjoy talking about eschatology and Bible prophecy, because we see, Nathan, that it's something that uh, very few are teaching, very few people are understanding how important it is for them to know this. And that's why we really love to be able to do this, right, Nathan, just to encourage people that, man, Jesus is coming soon, and let's live and let's go all out for him uh, as we see his soon return, right? Perfectly said, yes. Jesus is coming back soon, and so we feel that there's a real need to get people to know about that so they can give their hearts and lives to Him, and if they're already saved, to get excited and live a holy life and, and evangelize and tell people about Jesus Christ. The time is short, and we need to be moving as, as a believer, body of believers in Christ and share the gospel. So I praise the Lord for T-Wave and all that you all are doing down there in Miami. Well, thank you so much. And of course, Nathan, we've also been talking about a very important subject matter to just encourage people and to let them know really the times in which we're living in. And you and I, we started talking about the Gog and Magog War in Ezekiel 38 and 39. And we've sort of been taking a, a verse by verse approach to the chapter. Uh, we, we stopped in a verse uh, 18 and 19 there of Ezekiel chapter 38. And Nathan, I wanted to see if maybe we can pick it up uh, there in those uh, verses and moving forward. Maybe someone is tuned into the program and they're new to the Bible. And this way they will be able to follow along with us and see this incredible message that you've been taking us through in Ezekiel 38 and 39. I wanted to see, Nathan, if you will be able to pick up for us there verses 18 and 19, and then we can move forward from there. Certainly, certainly. Um, well, the neat thing about Bible prophecy is 31% of the Bible is prophetic. So in other words, one-third of the Bible is about Bible prophecy. So, Pastor Vic, when you say that most people don't teach it, that's really a shame, because a third of the Bible is prophecy. And one of the most described end-time wars in the Bible, as a matter of fact, it covers two complete chapters, Ezekiel 38 and 39, talk about this war that's coming, this Gog and Magog war, as the Bible names it. And it's uh, uh, comprised of nations led by Russia, leading those countries, the Stan countries, like Kazakhstan and all, and Turkey, and Iran, and Libya, and all those nations were, are to come against Israel for the desire to plunder Israel and destroy Israel. And that's where we've gotten so far. Now, picking up with verse 18, and it will come to pass at the same time when Gog comes against the land of Israel, says the Lord God, that my fury will show in my face, for in my jealousy... And in the fire of my wrath I have spoken. Surely in this day there should be a great earthquake in the land of Israel, so that the fish of the sea, the birds of the heavens, and the beasts of the field, all creeping things that creep on the earth, and all men who are on the face of the earth shall shake at my presence. The mountains shall be thrown down, and steep places shall fall, and every wall shall fall to the ground. 
Wow. I mean, Nathan, if that's not something there to get people's attention, I don't know what it will be, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, a lot of folks wonder if we're going to be alive through this, and that's a whole different topic right there. We can look through the different timing scenarios, but uh, basically what it's saying is that, okay, we have so far read to the, that Gog, who is the designated leader of Russia, we don't know if Gog's a designation or a name or it's a demon, but he is enticed to come down and form a coalition of nations, not the nations directly surrounding Israel like Jordan and Syria and Lebanon and Gaza and Egypt, but an outer ring of Islamic nations to come to destroy Israel and plunder it. And this is where, as the armies of God, the, the Bible calls them a horde. They're so large and so massive that even the IDF, which is the Israeli Defense Forces, one of the most powerful militaries in the world, cannot possibly stand up against the sheer numbers of troops that will be heading towards them. Mm. And as they head towards Israel, that's where God kind of gathered them to Israel. You know, instead of attacking the country separately, he lets these nations come against Israel for the purpose of destroying them, and God steps back into human history. I mean, he's always been there, he's always sovereign, but by the end of this, the whole world will know that there is a God of the universe, and he protects Israel. Oh, that is amazing. And you know, Nathan, and that's why also individuals today need to understand that there is a God. We have these individuals out there that they, they claim to be atheists or agnostic, whatever the case might be. But yet we see evidence that God is all around and people keep rejecting that. And the time will come when everyone will know that there is a God. Right, Nathan? Exactly. Matter of fact, but as we read through this, you find out that that's really the purpose why God's doing this. Sure, he wants to punish all those Islamic nations who, who call for the destruction of Israel every single day and build nuclear weapons to destroy Israel and attack them mercilessly both in battle and in the UN. And God is tired of that. He has given promises to the Jewish people that he'd restore them as a nation after regathering them around the world, which we've seen in our lifetime, and that he would protect them and that he would take a remnant of them and have them believe in Jesus Christ as their Savior, and then they would be a priestly nation throughout the 1,000-year, the millennial reign of Christ. And so we're getting to that point, but God has some things he needs to finish up here on earth first. Yes. And one of them is to deal with the, the intense hostility of the Islamic world against Israel. Now, I say the Islamic world because obviously <laughs> Ezekiel 38 doesn't say Islam. Ezekiel 38 was written by the prophet Ezekiel some uh, six to seven hundred years before Jesus' first coming. And Islam didn't come about till 600 A.D., so we're looking at about 1,200-plus years before Islam was on the scene. But Russia, Iran, and Turkey, and Libya, and uh, Sudan, and those nations have never in the history of the world been joined together like this alliance. And what unites them is Islam and Russia's desire for, for national wealth. And we're seeing that today. Those alliances exist today. And so I believe that this is a judgment against Islam for its constant desire to destroy Israel. You know, Nathan, that's a very good point. People don't understand what uh, Islam is really about. I mean, really, Hal Lindsey, some others have been sounding the trumpet for many years, that this is not a peaceful religion, Nathan. So I don't know what, why people, I guess they must listen to certain parts of the news, right? <laughs> Anyone who thinks that Islam is a religion of peace has their head in the sand. I've studied it extensively and read many books, and I even teach on it. I have a sermon on it on our website at lamblion.com. And Islam's founding belief 
is that God, who they call Allah, is totally distant. Uh, you can't be assured of salvation. That's a very works-based salvation. And the only way to guarantee one's going into paradise in Islam is the destruction of the infidel, particularly the Jew and the people of the book, which they call Christians. And that's why we see so much hostility from Islam against Jews and Christians, because the only way that they can be assured of going to heaven is to die a martyr in the cause of destroying Israel and uh, the Christians. So mm. it is not a religion of peace, it's a religion of death, and it's very satanic in origin, and I, I'm I don't have any qualms of saying that. I know that's not PC whatsoever, but it is what it is. Yes. Until the world wakes up and realizes that that is the mission of Islam, is to destroy Christianity, destroy Judaism, and take over the entire planet, then we are going to, our nations are going to be weak and fall against that onslaught. But I believe that Islam will not take over the world, because we have Ezekiel 38 and 39 that will happen Bible prophecy always happens 100% right. of the time, and so at some point, God will deal with the Islamic problem on this planet. Absolutely. And you know, Nathan, and that's why we have the issue with ISIS. And you know, one of the questions that they come in this week, Nathan, was about ISIS and Bible prophecy. Your thoughts on that? Well, ISIS is uh, it's an Islamic terrorist group that is so radical that even Al-Qaeda, which has been the number one terrorist group that we've been fighting for like 14 years now, has... Uh, uh, basically terrified everybody. And what they've done is they want to rebuild a caliphate, in other words, an Islamic empire across the planet. And they, they kind of poured out of Syria, and they went into Iraq, which once we pulled our troops out became very weak, and the Iraqi troops just couldn't handle it, and so they've taken over most of Iraq. Their desire is to conquer not only Syria and Iraq, but then go down through Jordan. They've got uh, groups in the Sinai Peninsula in Egypt, uh, smaller terrorist organizations that have now proclaimed that they are going to fall under the ISIS banner, and their desire, and they've made it uh, publicly, uh, the man's called, uh, he calls himself al-Baghdadi, he's the leader of the, the ISIS, his desire is to conquer Israel. Now, Islam wants to conquer Israel because they believe it's an affront to Allah if they lose any land. And, you know, for many centuries, Islam dominated what the land was called Palestine. But when uh, the British took it, and then Israel afterwards, they saw it as an affront to Allah, and they won't rest until 100% of the land of Israel is back under Islamic hands. So do you think there can be a peace process through that? You know, Nathan, this is, this is very uh, eye-opening, uh, and I thank you so much for sharing that, because, you know, uh, individuals out there, they really need to... Uh, uh, understand that part of this is all part of Bible prophecy. All these nations, the the ultimate purpose, they're going to come and to try to destroy God's people. And exactly like you're, you're showing us here in Ezekiel uh, chapter 38. Now, uh, <clears throat> one of the, the questions, Nathan, verse 19, that you refer us there in chapter 38 uh, uh, in Ezekiel, uh, it talks about this uh, shaking of what's going to happen. There's going to be a, a great earthquake. And uh, I think you mentioned some people saying, are we going to be here for that or are we going to be alive uh, through that? Your thoughts? Well, uh, as um, these armies come down to attack Israel, God in his anger comes again. Now, not physically, obviously, because we won't see God till heaven, but he is going to destroy the nations. The earthquake is just the beginning of an attack against these hordes these that will be coming down against Israel. Uh, whether we're alive during that or not, I don't believe so, because 
what we see is a fundamental shift right. off the church, which is this is the church age, on back onto Israel. We're kind of seeing a transition now as the church will fade from the scene and be raptured off this earth, and then Israel will become again the focal point of God's attention uh, looking towards the millennial kingdom. Uh, I believe the rapture of the church will happen before this Gog and Magog battle, primarily because, like we're reading here at the last part of Ezekiel 38, God is coming back on the scene again. And so as these armies come against Israel, ready to attack, God lets loose an incredible earthquake. Matter of fact, Absolutely. this earthquake is so incredible. It says the fish of the sea and the birds of heaven, the beasts of the fields, all the creeps and all the men on the face of the earth shake. So whatever this earthquake, man, it is like a 9.0 on the Richter scale plus. <laughs> and the whole earth feels it. And the mountains, it actually crumbles some mountains, uh, the steep places, and it says every wall will fall down. This earthquake will be so big, it'll rattle the entire planet. Nathan, that's a very good point. And, and I am with you right there, Nathan, because, you know, we believe that the next great event in the charts to happen is the rapture of the church. And there's no timeline for that, right, Nate? That can happen right now. Exactly. Jesus kind of compared his return to being like a thief. You know, you didn't know when to expect a thief. If you did, you'd have your gun ready, you know, when they came through <laughs> the window. But Jesus will come like a thief. You never know when he's going to come. And, and that's what's called imminency. It means that the, when the rapture happens, when, when I say rapture, I mean that Jesus comes back and he takes all those who believe in him as Savior off this planet before a terrible time will come on the earth, the worst time in human history, which we call the tribulation. It's seven years of God's judgment upon the earth. And I believe that the Gog-Magog battle that we read here, timing-wise, there's a number of theories, but I, my belief is it happens just before or at the very onset of the tribulation, because the earthquake kind of falls in line with the judgments that we read about in the tribulation as well. Exactly. And Nathan, and that's exactly what I was going to uh, uh, have you point out and highlight to us, that really once we get into the tribulation, Revelation chapter 6 and on, there's a sequence of earthquakes as well, right? Exactly, yeah. We know that there's quite a number of earthquakes during the tribulation. Now, whether the this one is before... Uh, the tribulation or during the tribulation that that's a tough one to right to kind of put your hands on you know um, uh, you know it, it, there's a, quite a number of earthquakes that are described during that time period and uh, let me see here I do have a list of them I will pull them up here because I know you have some great statistics though Nathan that's why I like to have you on the program so I can steal your materials <laughs> Oh, you can steal all you want, brother. It's all free. Uh, well, you know, uh, as we get closer to the tribulation, we know that the that the birth pains, Jesus calls them, the signs of the end exactly. times, come more frequently and more intensely the closer we get to the Lord's return. Earthquakes have certainly been happening more frequently and more intensely. Uh, in the last 20 years, we've increased four times the amount of earthquakes. We're averaging 500 per year now. And there was only 240 back in 2006, so they're doubling. Uh, back between 85 and 94, 174 million people were affected by earthquakes each year. But in 95 to 2004, 254 million. So that's a 70 percent wow in earthquakes. So we know that there's quite a number of earthquakes going. Uh, now there's four prophetic earthquakes that happen in the end times. Uh, the one we just read, the Gog Magog earthquake, that'll rattle the earth. 
we read in Revelation 6, verse 12 through 14, about the six-seal judgment, a great earthquake where every mountain and island was removed from its place, and many believe maybe that earthquake is the one that coincides with the Gog and Magog earthquake, yes. or they could be separate. Uh, halfway into the tribulation, Revelation 11:13 talks about how there'll be a great earthquake in Israel, and a tenth of the city will collapse. It'll kill, and it, it even gives a number. 7,000 people will be killed, and the survivors are terrified. And then, when we get to the end of the tribulation, the end of those seven years, it's called the sixth bowl judgment. There's seven bowl judgment. It's the sixth one. Revelation 16, verses 17 through 21 says, No earthquake like it has ever occurred since man has been on earth. So tremendous was the quake. The great city, Jerusalem, split into three parts, and the cities of the nations collapsed. Every island fled away, and the mountains could not be found. So, Pastor Vic, think about it. We're reading about the Gog and Magog earthquake, which levels mountains and shakes the walls around the planet. But then we read about the final earthquake of the tribulation that says, and get this, that no earthquake like it has ever occurred since man has been on the earth. So if we're talking about a 9.0 plus earthquake that shakes the earth during the Gog-Magog battle, think about what the earthquake must be like at the end of the tribulation. Wow. I mean, that's, you know, we've had some major earthquakes. I, I think I mentioned to you, Nathan, after the Haiti earthquake, I, I took a team down there and that was incredible. And now here the Bible tells us that we're going to, that was nothing compared to what's coming, right? Oh, man. I mean, you know firsthand the tragedy of the earthquake in Haiti. And picture the whole earth being devastated like Haiti was, or like the tsunami that destroyed north, uh, cities in northern Japan. I mean, my goodness. So we know that when the Gog-Magog hordes come down to attack Israel, God will use a tremendous earthquake to shake the world as soon as he attacks those armies that are about to attack Israel. That's amazing. You know, Nathan, I also noticed here in Ezekiel chapter uh, 38, uh, the following verses there, uh, verse 20 uh, through 21, it says, So that the fish of the sea, the birds of the heavens, and the birds of the field, all creeping things and creeping things of the earth, and all men who are on the face of the earth shall shake up my presence. The mountain shall be thrown down, the steep places shall fall, and every wall shall be falling into the ground. I mean, this is incredible. Yes, when, when Russia and the hordes of Nehemiah against Israel, the whole world will pay for it. Nathan, I mean, this is this is uh, so similar also as we see because uh, we see a number of these things that are also going to be ha happening uh, in in the time of in the tribulation itself uh, in Revelation chapter eight, right, Nathan, and, and so forth. We see similar destructions. Yeah, the tribulation is filled with twenty-one judgments of God. By the time the tribulation is done, most of the world population is destroyed. Most of the earth ecologically has been destroyed. And uh, the whole world is, is reformed politically under a one-world ruler. And then Jesus comes at the end. Israel is in the crosshairs throughout the entire time. They're protected for seven years by a, a peace treaty the Antichrist makes with them. But he breaks it halfway through, and the Jews flee down into what's now southern Jordan. And, but we know before that that Israel has to live in a time of peace without walls and bars. And that clearly right. is in the tribulation scenario. So we know that this Gog-Magog war is coming, and it's coming before the tribulation, but I believe probably after the rapture. Some have speculated that, well, hey, you know, maybe when there's earthquake and all this is going on and the world knows there's a God, maybe the rapture coincides with it so that all of a sudden the people disappearing, they might say, well, you know, the earthquakes got rid of them or something. But maybe they'll say, hey, God was in this, 
and he took his people off the earth. So there is a great judgment by God coming through this Gog-Magog battle. All this heating up of Islam's hatred against Israel, and, and the more so the anti-Semitism that's grown around the world. Right. Its end result is to destroy Israel, and we're seeing that today. Absolutely. Wow. Amazing. Again, you're tuned in to The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Radio Edition. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones, as we're talking about the Gog, Magog War in Ezekiel 38 and Ezekiel 39. Our lines will be open if you want to call in or text in with your question or comment. The local number is 305-992-9537. 305-992-9537. Nathan, also, we noticed there in verses uh 21 and 4th, if you can continue to bring us through this incredible journey here in Ezekiel 38 and 39, I think that will be fantastic. Verse 21 picks up, I will call for a sword against Gog throughout my mountains, says the Lord God. Every man's sword will be against his brother, and I will bring him to judgment with pestilence and bloodshed. I will rain down on him on his troops and on the many people who are with him, flooding rain, great hailstones, fire, and brimstone. Thus I will magnify myself and sanctify myself, and I will be known in the eyes of many nations. Then they shall know that I am the Lord. Mm. I now, love... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I love that, Nathan. <laughs> that was just an exciting passage. It is, it is, because it's like the Old Testament destruction. You know, you read in the Old Testament, fire and brimstone, <laughs> brimstone, you know? But what it's saying is that when these armies led by Russia come against Israel, and Israel's defenses are no way ready to deal with all these nations coming against them, God steps in, he attacks the armies with an earthquake, he turns the armies against each other. In other words, all of a sudden Russia starts attacking Turkey, and Turkey <laughs> starts attacking Iran, and he drops pestilence and blood, he, he pummels them with hail and rain and fire, and brimstone, which is like meteors. I mean, it's my goodness. This army comes, and God lets loose everything in his arsenal down upon them and absolutely annihilates them. And we read in chapter 39 what that end result will be. But the purpose of this, and again, verse 23 says, the purpose is so that the nations will know that I am the Lord. Wow. God's doing it for his own glory. Nathan, and, and you know, I don't know what, what goes through people's minds today uh, uh, when they don't recognize that God loves them, God has a plan for them, and God allows certain things to happen, sort of like to shake us up so that people can wake up and see how much he loves them. So Nathan, we're out of time for this first segment of the program. Thank you for joining us, and I pray that you can hang on for the second segment of our program. I will. Praise the Lord. Thank you again. You're tuned into the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. We will be right back. Vic Batista.
are listening to T-Wave, Calvary Chapel Spanish Radio. Today's program, our lines will be open. The phone number is 305-992-9537. 305-992-9537. Today's subject matter will be that of the Gog and Magog War, Ezekiel 38 and 39. But before we continue, I'm going to ask Nathan if he will open us up with a word of prayer. I'd be happy to. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this opportunity to study your word. It's an amazing passage, and Lord, there's so much to learn out of it about you and your mind and your heart, and I pray that everyone listening will understand that as well, Lord. Give us the words and open up our hearts to understand you in your precious and wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Nathan. Again, Vic Batista, Nathan Jones, we transmit live from the Aventura Station. Our subject matter is that of the Gog and Magog War, Ezekiel 38 and 39. Today's program is sponsored by Calvary Chapel Aventura, and the truth will set you free ministry. You can find more information at calvaryaventura.com or on Facebook on JN832. Also want to encourage you to stay tuned to our addition to the, the T-Wave family. That is T-Wave.TV. Thank you, those of you that are tuned in live via TweetCasting.TV, as well as live streaming. And, of course, want to encourage you as well to stay tuned to the weekly programs here, such as the House of Prayer, the Pastor's Perspective, and also the Open Mic on Weekends. And... You can always reach out to us at 305-992-9537 if you are in need of prayer with your questions uh, or your comments. But before we continue the second segment of today's program, I want to welcome my special guest, Nathan Jones, Web Minister for Lamb and Lion Ministry. Nathan, thank you for joining me for the second segment of this program. Oh, it's a great blessing. Thank you for having me on, Pastor Vic. Nathan, I don't know what it is, but every time you and I start up, time just seems to fly. And we always are left in the middle of our sentences. Yeah, you're not kidding. you got to stop that music from going, man, and <laughs> let us keep talking. <laughs> That's exactly what it is, those little breaks there. But Nathan, also, uh, maybe someone just tuned in for the first time. They didn't tune into our last uh, segment of the program. Once again, can you just briefly give us some contact information so maybe someone can uh, visit your website and check out all the wonderful things that you have there in Lamb and Lion Ministry? Certainly. Hey, if folks, you want to learn about Bible prophecy, come visit us at lamblion.com. Our ministry is Lamb and Lion Ministries. We're a Bible prophecy teaching ministry proclaiming the soon return of Jesus Christ. And you can come on our website at lamblion.com, watch our television show, Christ in Prophecy. You can read articles, join social networks like our Facebook group, sign up for a newsletter, download our app. There's just so many things that we are giving out through lamblion.com to equip you to understand God's prophetic word. Mm, amazing. Thank you so much, Nathan Jones. Of course, I want to encourage you take advantage of these wonderful resources to help prepare you in eschatology, Bible prophecy, and to excite you about the soon return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And you can find all that there on lamblion.com. Thank you so much, Nathan. Nathan, of course, uh, you and I, have, we have been having a great time making our way through Ezekiel 38 and 39, talking about the Gog and Magog war. And Nathan, maybe for someone who just tuned in uh, for the first time, maybe they're new to Bible prophecy prophecy and the events that we're talking about. Can you give us a brief recap before we move in in the uh, ending there, Ezekiel 38, for someone who just maybe is new to Bible prophecy what, with what's going on here in Ezekiel 38? Sure, sure. Uh, Ezekiel 38 and 39 is the longest described end-time war in all the Bible. It's even given more detail than the Battle of Armageddon. It's a war where God uses, he kind of 
entices Russia, this leader from, named Gog from Russia, who will come down and he'll want to take all the wealth of Israel. And we've seen this day that how Israel's wealth has dramatically increased since its amazing natural gas finds in the Mediterranean, and Russia wants those gas finds. So they will have a desire, they'll plot and plan to come down and take Israel. So what they'll do is they'll gather a coalition of nations, which are all Islamic, and those consist of Turkey and Iran and Libya and the Sudan and Ethiopia and some other nations and all those stand nations, and they'll come against Israel like a great horde. It'll be such a tremendous army that there's no way that Israel, who has one of the most, most uh, what do I want to say? It's a, advanced. <laughs> advanced, yes. Most effective, most technologically advanced. Thank you, brother. That's the word advanced army out there and they'll they just they can't deal with it because it's too big to handle and this is when god he steps in to defend israel and he throws everything at gog and magog an earthquake that shakes the world he throws down hail he throws down fire the armies turn against each other and start killing each other and and this entire horde will be destroyed and the purpose of it is in verse 23 of ezekiel 38 Thus I will magnify myself and sanctify myself, and I will be known in the eyes of many nations. Then they shall know that I am the Lord. So this is God stepping back into human history again, taking the focus off the church and moving it onto Israel, and I believe the tribulation, the seven-year judgments that are coming upon the earth. Mm, amazing. Thank you so much, Nathan. What a great recap. And Nathan, you also, um, in our in our last previous uh, edition of this program, you took us through verses 21 uh, and 23 of Ezekiel 38, and then you stopped in verse 23, and you were highlighting for us a very important uh, uh, topic there uh, in verse 23. Can you recap that one for us? Sure, sure. And that is, like I just read, it's the sanctification, the magnification, and the glorification of God Almighty. The world man is pretty much thinking that God is checked out. He's out there somewhere doing his thing, or they don't believe in him whatsoever. The churches and the, the religions are running amok as if he, does, he isn't there. But there is a God of the universe. He has sworn to fulfill his promises for the people of Israel, the Jews. He's regathered them from the world like he's promised. He's made him a nation like he's promised, and he will ha lead a remnant, of, we know one-third of them, back to knowing him as God and accepting Jesus Christ as, his, as their Savior. And the purpose of then this Gog-Magog battle not only is to wipe out Israel's enemies, but also so that the world will know there is a God. So, man, I think after this war, there won't be a single atheist left on this planet, at least a single <laughs> credible atheist left on this planet. Nathan, and, you know, that, and that's why we really love this message is here in the, in the Word of God, because at the end of the day, God is, wants people to know who He is, how much He loves them. He sent His Son, Jesus, to die at the cross. In John chapter 1, it tells us that He walked amongst us so that people would know that God really cares, that He has a plan for them. But He has to, in a sense, give people a wake-up call. And the tribulation is going to be the biggest wake-up call ever. But we also see, Nathan, that there are signs pointing to His return right now that serve as a wake-up call for those that really want to see it, right? Exactly. Jesus in uh, Luke 21 gave us 10 different signs, and uh, if they want folks want to read up on those, just read Luke 21 and Matthew 24. Or, hey, pull up our old radio, because uh, you and I discussed these for over quite a number of weeks, and there's a number of signs that point to the soon return of Jesus Christ. The 
signs would come more frequently and more intensely like birth pains. And we're getting closer and closer to that end times. And part of the end times is this, what we call the, the War of Gog and Magog, this end time battle that brings Russia and the Islamic world against Israel. And God steps in, he defeats them, and I think it sets up the beginning scenario for what the tribulation will look like. Mm, amazing. Thank you so much, Nathan. And again, for those of you that are tuned into the program, again, you're tuned into the Truth Lucetti Free Bible Prophecy Radio Edition. Dave Batista, Nathan Jones, as we're talking about the God made God war, our lives will remain open. Text in your questions or your comments to 305 992 9537 or 321 end time 321 363 8463. We'd love to hear from you. So, Nathan, of course, here we find verse 23 closes Ezekiel chapter 38. Now we move forward to Ezekiel chapter 39, verses 1 and, and, and on. Can you move us forward through this incredible movie, in a sense, that is being played out here? Certainly, certainly. Vic, I can barely hear you now. I'm not sure why, but I'll go ahead and start reading. Uh, start. Uh, Sorry about that, Nate. I, I moved the mic in the wrong direction. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Yeah, you were there, and then you were gone. Yeah, I thought you were getting raptured. No. Don't, don't leave me behind. Okay. So... Again, two chapters to describe this war. This is how important this is to God. So we've gone through chapter 38. We're now in chapter 39. And uh, parts of 39 are kind of a recap of giving more details of what's happened so far. So we start, And you, son of man, in other words, Ezekiel, God saying Ezekiel, prophesy against Gog, this ruler of Russia, and say, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against you, O Gog, the prince of Rosh, which is Russia, uh, Meshach and Tubal, which are the old names for parts of Turkey. And I will turn you around and lead you on, bring you up from the far north, and bring you against the mountains of Israel. Then I will knock the bow out of your left hand and cause the arrows to fall out of your right hand. You shall fall upon the mountains of Israel, you and all your troops and the peoples who are with you. I will give you to the birds of prey of every sort, to the beasts of the field to be devoured. You shall fall on the open field, for I have spoken, says the Lord God. Woo! Another, yeah. uh, another mouthful right there, Nate. <laughs> so what? Now, now, we know that the chapter breaks and verse breaks didn't come till you know, thousands of years, I should say hundreds of years, but a, a, almost 2,000 years after Ezekiel wrote this. So there wasn't a break between 38 and 39. We've added that for ease of finding and referencing. So obviously 38 is just continuing the thought of, um, excuse me, 39 is continuing the thought of 38. In other words, God is destroying these, these nations because they want to destroy his covenant people, Israel. And so he leads, it, you know, you think that uh, these nations are attacking Israel on their own, but God is enticing them so he can gather them together and destroy them and show the world his power. And so he gathers them from the farthest of the north, which is Russia, and he brings those nations down, and he basically destroys them. They can't destroy Israel no matter how hard they try because the Lord is there, and it says that they fall on the mountains of Israel. Now, there's a, quite a number of mountains that run north to south through Israel, and they, they come upon these mountains, and uh, they are, that is where these armies are destroyed. Nathan, that's a good point, and you know, I believe our listeners need to recognize that God is really in control. I mean, nothing really happens. It's not like God is blind and go, oops, I didn't know this was going to happen, but he's <laughs> setting up the stage, right? Exactly. God is sovereign. He knows what's going on. We sometimes think that the world is spinning out of control, but it's not. God is just patient. He's waiting for all who become saved, and uh, he works towards the, his own ends. His, he takes what man does for evil, 
and he turns to good for his purposes. And when we see the nations of the world coming against Israel, uh, this is just kind of a precursor because you and I know as, as you get to the end of the tribulation, it's not just Russia and this coalition of nations. It's every nation right. under the Antichrist against Israel. So this is actually kind of a precursor of what will happen later when the entire world tries to destroy Israel. Absolutely. So, Nathan, God is patient. He is in control. He is allowing all these events to take place. He's trying to get our attention. The idea is that God loves us. He has a plan for mankind. And that plan starts with a relationship with Jesus Christ. Right, Nathan? Exactly. You know, to really know God, you have to know Jesus Christ, his son. Jesus gave his life on the cross, a perfect man dying for us. He's not just a man, he's God and man. And he did that by dying on the cross so that you and I could accept that. And when we accept that, the punishment of our sins falls on Jesus Christ. It's off us, and that frees us to have eternal life with God, to be forgiven and loved forever. So knowing Jesus Christ is so important. And this Gog-Magog war we're talking about is a stepping stone in the process of getting the Jewish people and those in the world to know that God is there and to accept His Son, Jesus Christ. Mm, good point. And Nathan, you mentioned there again, we cannot lose sight that this is also God's purpose for the nation of Israel. God is not through with Israel. I don't care what some people say, right, Nathan? Yeah. Well, I mean, that Israel came back as a nation 1,900 years after the Romans destroyed it in 17, uh, excuse me, 70 AD, uh, that is a purpose. That has meaning. We need to take that seriously. It's not an accident or an aberration of history. No nation comes back to life after 2,000 years. Matter of fact, brother, if you just go back a few chapters to Ezekiel chapter 36 and 37, that's a prophecy that prophesies the return of Israel from the dead into becoming a nation again. So for this Ezekiel 38 and 39 to happen, we know that Israel had to become a nation again. Yes. So this is a fulfillment of Bible prophecy in our day and age. So we know that this Gog-Magog war is coming. Now, if you look at Ezekiel literally, uh, chapters 40 through 48, which follow this Gog-Magog war, are about the Millennial Kingdom, Jesus ruling and reigning for 1,000 years on this earth. So we know that this happens in and around the Tribulation time period, and very much in our day and age. Excellent. You know, Nathan, that's a very good point. And I'm so glad in the way that we're taking this passages, because anyone that is new to the Bible, man, they can simply start in chapter 36, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and just read it right, right through. Now, it doesn't address the tribulation exactly. There's other passages, other books of the Bible that do that. But this war is uh, in or around the tribulation. And uh, when the nations of the world look and say, hey, wait a minute, Russia's making all these alliances with Turkey and Iran. It doesn't make any sense. Why are they doing that? And uh, all these, there these countries that hate each other are united in their Islamic hatred of Israel. And we can see that finally the scenario is, is fulfilled, the scene is set, the stage is ready for this type of war to happen. Mm, absolutely. And we see exactly that uh, uh, this Gog, uh, Rush, uh, all, all these, all the, uh, I, we talked about Google Earth, Nathan, and for people to, yeah. that like to use technology, they can yeah. simply search and zoom in. Of course, the names are a little bit different today, right, Nathan? Exactly, yeah. Ezekiel was about 2,600 years before Jesus uh, first came. Uh, so it's around 600 or so B.C., so it's 600 years before Jesus came. So he used the, the names of the countries in his time period. And Rosh is the ancient name for the ancient Scythians or the Russians. So we know the Russians today. Meshach and Tubal were areas of what is today Turkey. 
and we read Bet Tagarma as well. Uh, Magog is all the Stan nations like Kazakhstan and Kyrgyzstan and stuff like that. Put is Libya. Uh, Persia is Iran. So we got these old nation names, but uh, when you translate them, we know what the modern nations are. Now, what's fascinating, brother, is if you get to verse 6 of chapter 39, not only does God destroy the armies as they're attacking Israel, but then he goes back and destroys the nations. Verse mm. 6 says, I will send fire on Magog and those who live in security in the coastlands. Then they shall know that I am the Lord. So I will make my name, holy name known in the midst of my people Israel. I will not let them profane my name anymore. Then the nation shall know that I am the Lord, the Holy One in Israel. Surely it is coming and it shall be done, says the Lord God. This is the day which I have spoken. Woo! So, wow, man, not only the armies <laughs> destroyed with just all of God's supernatural arrows, but then he sends fire back on the nation. So we're talking about the destruction of Iran. We're talking about the destruction of Turkey. We're talking about destruction of Libya, the destruction of Russia. Think about how dramatically that changes the geopolitical structure of the world today. Nathan, and you know, that is something for people to consider. I mean, when you look at a map right now, it's talking about these surrounding enemies of Israel are going to be extinguished in a sense. Exactly. I mean, we know from Psalm 83 that Israel has to subjugate their surrounding nations like Lebanon and uh, Egypt and Syria and, and Gaza. But these other nations, what I'll call an outer ring of nations, comes against Israel, and they are absolutely devastated by God for the purpose that the nations know that there is a God and that he defends Israel. And I believe, brother, that the world is so scared of Israel after this that this prompts the Antichrist to come in fill the new power vacuum, and say, hey, I'm going to make a peace treaty with Israel. Not to protect Israel, but to protect the world from Israel. Mm, that's an excellent highlight there, Nathan, because we see Nathan, uh, I mean, uh, uh, I said Nathan, I meant to say uh, the nation of Israel. <laughs> yeah. you know, that people don't understand that God is on their side. They might be minute, and I think you gave us a square footage, Nathan, right? That's smaller than what, New Jersey? Oh, yeah, Israel is the size of present-day New Jersey. President, and, and with that, yet, they're going to be feared because God is on their side. And this is why anyone that had any kind of sense today will read the Bible and recognize, man, I don't want to find myself against the people of God. I want to find myself lined up with them, right? Exactly. There's this really strange idea that's growing. It's called uh, Christian Palestinianism. It's, a, it's the complete opposite of Christian Zionism. Christian Zionism is a biblical belief that God isn't done with the nation of Israel, the, the Jewish people. He has given the spiritual blessings, obviously, to the Church, but as a people group, he still wants to redeem them, he still wants them to get saved, and he has to do this through quite a number of judgments on the earth, like this Gog-Magog battle, to get them to turn their hearts and minds to God, and finally, at the end of the Tribulation, accept Jesus as their Savior. And uh, this Christian Palestinianism sides with the enemies of Israel, the Islamic enemies that hate Israel with a passion. And can, you know how dangerous it is to side with God's enemies? It's mm. just insanity. Nathan, you're absolutely right. And, and I don't know uh, what, what goes... I mean, it's obviously deception, right? Nathan is the enemy that's clouding their eyes and their minds to think that they actually have a chance. Yeah, yeah. And it, you know, it's funny that you said that because... The fact that Iran and Russia and Turkey and all these nations have to put together an army so massive to destroy Israel that they're actually terrified that they couldn't overcome Israel unless they have an army this big. That says something. 
I mean, they, that's so satanic because Satan knows that he can't overthrow God. So if he can put together an army so massive that, that it could conquer a major nation, much less little Israel, it shows how much they really believe Satan in his heart that he knows he can't overthrow God. And clearly he can't. God destroys the armies and he destroys the nations that uh, the armies come from. You know, Nathan, that's a great point. It's almost like the whole David and Goliath, right? When you see these giants coming against <laughs> this little Great analogy. Great analogy. You're right. The, these hordes of, of Gog and Magog are like the Goliath. They come in against little David. There's no way. Now, David surely was skilled with a sling, and, and he scared away uh, lions and, and bears and things like that. But there was no way, no way that he could have taken on Goliath unless God was on his side. Absolutely. God is clearly on Israel's side. And as Christians, we need to be on God's side. That's right. And you know, Nathan, one of the best ways to be on God's side first is with a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, His Holy Spirit indwelling us. And that's how we're going to be able to uh, win this spiritual battle. Otherwise, we are also going to be deceived. We're going to follow the ways of the nation and ultimately be destroyed. And one of the ways of escape is through the, the, the personal relationship of God's Son, and Nathan, we always like to uh, put out an invitation there for someone that's maybe tuned in that doesn't have a personal relationship with the Lord. Uh, how would you encourage them, Nathan, to begin that relationship? I would pray in my heart, Dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins and be my Savior. Salvation is about repentance. It's about coming from the heart to surrender your life to Jesus Christ, the one who died for you and for your sins. And when you give your life to Jesus Christ, he promises to forgive you of your sins, to take away your guilt, to give you an eternal life with Him. And you also part of the rapture of the Church, the removal of Christians off this planet before all these terrible things happen. Mm. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Nathan. And of course, anyone out there that doesn't have a relationship with the Lord, or maybe you've prayed to receive Christ and you need more information, get a hold of us here, 321-363-8463, 321 end time or 305-992-9537. We would love to pray with you and give you more information uh, regarding this relationship with Jesus. So Nathan, I know time is short. You've taken us through this incredible journey. We've talked about a lot of things that are going to be coming. We talked about the nations surrounding Israel, uh, the modern names for these nations. We see God is allowing this whole thing to fall into place. Uh, he sees everything. He knows everything. He's given men opportunity to repent. Uh, but we see that many people will not repent, right, Nathan? And that the tragedies and the judgments will come. Yes, that's the sad part about it, is although so many people, it's the nations, it says, will know the Lord it doesn't mean that they will accept the Lord. And as the Antichrist rises to power across the earth, the nations will pledge allegiance to him, and the persecution against those who get saved after the rapture and against the Jewish people will be tremendous. So yes, but they have no excuse, because the whole world after this will know there is a God. Mm, amen. And that's why we uh, are so excited to be able to encourage people, man, take some time to read through the Bible. Take some time to look at these passages that we are talking about here in Ezekiel. Also make sure you make your way through the book of Revelation chapter 6 and on. Put put this whole uh, thing together. But we also want to encourage individuals, be good students of the Word of God, because all these things that we're talking to you about are events that are not so far uh, ahead uh, uh, in, the, in the future.
future. We believe that we've seen the signs of the times right now. This battle, this war here of Gog and Magog, uh, there's different opinions, different uh, points of view on it, but we believe that we, the Church of Jesus Christ, will not be here. Uh, we believe that we're going to be raptured out. Uh, Nathan, just like you said before. Exactly. The rapture of the Church is an imminent event. It can happen at any moment. It's not the events that we just discussed, Pastor Vic, will happen possibly. They will happen definitely. So it's a matter of when it will happen. And so yes. people listening, ask yourself, am I ready? Has my heart been given to Jesus Christ? It's so important, because when these things happen, you don't want to be living through them. Mm. Definitely not. Absolutely. And Nathan, I know we only have a few minutes left to the program, maybe about four minutes, but uh, we'll definitely pick up and we continue in our next segments of this program. That is if the Lord doesn't come first before next week, right? <laughs> yes, and I'd be all for that if you'd like to come. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We'll meet up in heaven. But uh, Nathan, any last thoughts here as we have about two or three minutes left to the program as we look at uh, Ezekiel 39? Uh, any other quick nuggets there? Well, uh, we're going to get to quite an exciting part, hopefully next week, if you're, you're willing to keep going through 39, about what the aftermath of this battle is, because the aftermath isn't just the Lord returning and the, all the nations knowing he's there, but it, it goes on and gives us details of what, how the cleanup process goes and, and what God's purposes for this all are. So I hope, uh, brother, that uh, you'll have me back next week and we can discuss this. Absolutely. And well, Nathan, you know, that's a good uh, uh, a good way to uh, leave us on a little bit of a cliffhanger, if you will. <laughs> well, I mean, they could read chapter 39 and know it, so there's no cliffhanger. But <laughs> if they want to hear us discuss it, you know, hey, next week, right? There you go. Because that's why uh, this uh, cleanup process is part of the reason why uh, we believe to an extent, right, Nathan, that we're not going to be here. And and also we believe that things are going to line up. But the Church of Jesus Christ, God's plan for us once we're done here, he's going to take us home, right? Yes, brother. We are so looking forward to that because our home is in heaven. Amen. Thank you so much. Nathan, thank you for joining us for the second edition of the program. It's always a pleasure to have you on. It's been a blessing. Thank you, Pastor Vic. Thank you. Again, you're tuned in to the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Radio Edition. We're out of time. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones. But please reach out to us, 305-992-9537 or 321-END-TIME, and let us know how we may serve you. May the Lord bless you, and have a wonderful, wonderful day. 